We need to preach justification by faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone, to the glory of God alone. That must shape our preaching, the priority of our ministry, and the mission of our church. It's the preaching that God blesses. Neglect it and you will have death. Preach it with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. You may not have numbers, you may not have fame, but you will have true spiritual life. Preaching of this message is the ministry that God uses. It is the mission that God has given us in the world. Well, I have Nathaniel Jolly with me on the Theo Bros podcast. Thanks, Nathaniel, for hopping on and spending a little bit of time with me. Nathaniel planted Homer Reformed Baptist Church in 2020 after moving to Alaska from North Carolina. He's pastored and been in church leadership since 2006 and served as a missionary overseas in South Africa. Uh, Nathaniel and I actually talked about that a little bit at Shepherd's Conference. Nathaniel is also the host of Truth Be Known podcast, which is an apologetics podcast dealing with current theological issues within the church today. Um, Nathaniel, thanks for joining me. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Good. Hey, question. Did you give away a car um, on Easter Sunday? No. You didn't give one away? Like you guys didn't have like some sort of like egg drop from a helicopter or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I was too busy uh, herding all the live animals for all the little displays so people could experience. Uh, so we didn't have a car. Really? Like uh, you guys had literal <laughs> live animals, like a petting zoo? No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's near us did something not too different than that, I think. Church and quotation mark. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, we didn't uh, give away a car either. You know what we did? A novel, actually. Um, we exposited the word on Resurrection Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Sunday before uh, Resurrection Sunday, I preached in... Ephesians uh, 4, 4 through 6. And so then Resurrection Sunday, I preached in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. Okay, so you're just preaching the Bible over there, it sounds like. Yeah, it, it. you know, we have this idea that it's the Bible that changes people's lives and not my clever ideas, <laughs> um, which is great since I'm not really that clever, so. Uh, thank you. I'm, I want to get out there and I want to visit you. Um, I've never been to Alaska before and, and I want to spend some time with you. I have another question for you. Do you miss South Africa? Uh, you know, I, I love Africa. Um, I, I've, I've been going to the continent, uh, for a while and uh, I, I do miss it, but I have to tell you in God's grace, uh, and loving kindness to me, I, and built for Alaska weather. Okay, so so you like the chill. I do. It is so much easier to put on more clothing than it is to get cool. <laughs> it is, absolutely. And yeah. in Africa there's no air conditioning. So and and I'm look, I'm a I'm I'm not even just a white guy. I'm a whiter than white guy. And so when I go out into the African sun, I, I'm just I'm like a cherry tomato in less than ten minutes. Like you, your skin is very fair. I, I saw you. 
I saw it live at Shepherd's Conference, and I thought, man, it's a white guy. You're a white guy. Well, I did just come out of like, you know, I don't know, six month, seven month winter. So that, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure that. So do you get to go back to South Africa often, Nathaniel? Um, often, no. Um, we, we were headed to Africa permanently before COVID. And then COVID hit, which is why we're now in Alaska. Okay. Um, so in the future, we will probably make trips, Lord willing. We'll just have to see how that goes. Okay. When I went to, I went to Uganda a couple of years ago, and it brought back all kinds of memories because the landscape was so familiar. It looked a lot like Papua New Guinea. And the people just almost the same culture, just very... Um, animistic just the same dirt roads and so i didn't know the language well but i got to teach we were actually doing a uh, a workshop on uh, pneumatology for a bunch of pastors and so i got to teach just on the holy spirit for for them and and just it was it was quite surreal because the culture is between you know uganda africa and papua new guinea seem really close yeah yeah, I think a lot of the a lot of third world has, you know, you'll find a bunch of similarities. Yeah, a lot of animistic thinking. Um, there were some some really strange beliefs about raising the dead and, and all of that. Um, and, and people people believing that that they were raising relatives from the dead. And it was it was um, it was a time of just, yeah, just a reminder why we preach the gospel every Sunday, why we preach the word in our context, um, because, because of the, just the slavery, um, that these people, that, that people in third world countries in particular, in animistic countries, just, uh, the fear that they live in every single day because of the, the spirits that they, they perceive. Um, I have another question. Um, what does Nathaniel, what does the term Theobro mean to you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah I need to know. I, okay that that term is both hilarious and honorable all at the same time okay I, go on it, it's it's hilarious to me because it was initially as far as i understand it was meant to be an insult by those who are really confused by liberal theology um and which basically became synonymous with believing the Bible, which is then honorable. Uh, so, so that that's how I view it. I, it's one of those, I guess, it's one of those modern day cases of what they meant for evil, kind of thing, maybe. Yes, yes. Do you ever get called a Theobro? Have you ever been called that online? Uh, once or twice, here yeah. and there. Same. Yeah. Same. Same with me. I, I've. I like that term it for good um simply because boy if you are if you are concerned about god's name and his character um that's not a a bad place to be yeah not at all i i mean it's used as as a a derogatory term but it's sort of like I, i mean every time i see someone get called that it's it's sort of like someone sticking your face and saying well you believe the bible don't you like yes yeah i do 
<laughs> you take a literal grammatical historical approach to scripture, don't you? Yeah, hey, okay. you're the one that invented the Theobro map, right? I I didn't. You know, I I kind of jumped on the bandwagon. It was oh okay I feel like, okay like Chris Honholtz is kind of the grandfather of it. I think he kind of he kind of wore the term, and then I got called it a bunch of times from like four or five different tweets that I tweeted out. So I'm like, I don't know how you get, I don't know how you get those things. You're you're like one of the, the, the top five nicest guys I've met. I will. Yeah. I get some really mean, really mean uh, trolls online. I just generally, I don't respond to them. And, and for the most part, I laugh because I'm just thinking like who sits and tweets stuff like that? Like, Justin, you are, you know, I hope you die. Um, just trying, just like trying to envision like the whole sitting on a chair, holding a phone, reading a tweet and then threatening a guy. Um, yeah, just a it's it kind of it's humorous, but also kind of sad. So, yeah, I think like I think Chris Honholtz kind of took that and and kind of ran with it. And I'm like, man, I love it too. I'm going to, I'm going to take and run with it. We just kind of go back and forth. We're friends. We're Theo friends. Um, and then we, we have a lot of Theo sisters. Um, what, I have another question for you, Nathaniel. Um, what areas of theology are you currently studying? Yeah. So uh, right now I'm in pneumatology, which of course is the study of the person work of the Holy spirit and uh, systematic theology. And, uh, you know, those are generally, those things are centered around what classes I'm taking guys through in our church. Um, okay. So every, every Monday night we were doing a class on pneumatology and then uh, the men in our church specifically, I'm taking them through a 33 week uh, class on systematic theology. That's, that is terrific. And, and that's a huge undertaking. How many, I'm sorry, how many nights a week do you teach? Um, right, right now too. Monday night and, uh, Wednesday nights. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. And did you feel like that was a particular area, pneumatology that, that your, um, your men needed to, needed to really dive into? Yeah. So, um, so the pneumatology class, actually, we started as an outreach because, uh, in Alaska, charismatic theology is, a, a huge issue. And in fact, we have a full blown like mini Bethel church in our city. Wow. Um, and, and so it was, and, and we also have a, there's a little Bible college here that's been here for like 75 years and they bring in a lot of charismatic teachers from the local charismatic church. So I actually started the class as a way to attract uh, those students and the folks in our community who are prone to that kind of doctrine um, as, as a way to sort of get them into the text and discover, oh, this is actually who the Holy Spirit is. This is actually what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is. Uh, so we've got several guys from the, the community coming as well as everyone in our church. So that's kind of how we started that. Man, that's, that is wonderful. Um, that's really cool how how you are not only meeting the needs of your own church, but but curious onlookers who are who are probably um, really struggling with understanding uh, the Holy Spirit. And so thank you, Nathaniel, for sharing that. What what concerns do you have uh, regarding the current state of evangelicalism? 
just broadly, um, I, I know there are a lot, but what would you say is the foremost concern in your mind? Yeah, yeah um, it's godless. I, <laughs> you know, I think um, think of Western evangelicalism. Uh, I, there's just no fear of God, generally speaking, is my perspective. I think if you, well, j just look at some of the recent uh, surveys and studies that have come out. There was one that came out not too long ago um, that was backed by the guys at uh, Barna Study Group. And the statistics were something like 60 or 66%. I can't remember exactly, but it was, it was 60% or more of professing Christians in America believed that faith in something was necessary to be saved. In other words, uh, you could have any kind of faith. It wasn't, it, it wasn't just Christianity. This is 60% of professing believers, Christians, who believe that all roads lead to heaven. So I, I think that's a pretty good indication mm -hmm. uh, that uh, Western you know, evangelicalism is, is broken. Absolutely broken. And I was studying last week from uh, my sermon on John 21 through 18. And I saw a, a group of surveys from, from Barna and Pew and Lifeway um, that said somewhere between 20 to 25% of quote unquote professing believers actually deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think godlessness yeah, wow. is exactly um, the, the perfect term for the state of evangelicalism broadly. Um, as you think about just in our reformed circles, Nathaniel, um, just where we are and, and we do at being on Twitter, we kind of can keep our, our thumb on the heartbeat of the reformed circle that, you know, the friends that we have and, and the people that we interact with, what would you be concerned about in, in that arena? You know, I think, well, there's lots of things. I, I think in our circles, we're seeing guys fall into the trap of adopting worldly ideologies like critical race theory and intersectionality, um, sort of a uh, using that as, as a way to interpret scriptures that have never been looked like in that looked at in that manner before. So I think that's one thing um, just in the broad reformed camp. Uh, I think charismatic doctrine is always a concern for me, even especially in the reformed camp. And I might seem strange to say, but the reason I, I think that is because, you know, a lot of guys in the pews get exposed to uh, the charismatic doctrines um, and I think in the reform camp, this is just my perception, we tend to think, well, because we preach, you know, we're expository preachers and we uh, preach book, book by book, line by line on Sundays that uh, our guys don't get caught up into that. But I, I think they do. And we don't always catch it. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I see it uh, on Twitter occasionally from reform folks, charismatic type doctrines. Uh, so I think those are two of the big things. Well, I, I would say the three big things, critical race theory, feminism, and charismatic doctrine are, are kind of the big three things that I've, I'm concerned about. Yeah, I, and I, would, I was actually going to name feminism or just a, just a general, um, uh, uh, just a kind of a middle wayism 
in egalitarianism versus complementarianism, just trying to keep the peace. I don't think there's any peace there to be had. Um, I also, another thing that bothers me is I'm seeing parachurch ministries begin to, to balloon and become so large that they're actually taking, taking the, the ministries that churches should have away from them and actually taking center stage over local churches themselves. Um, and men who, who have such large influence, whether on Twitter or on Facebook, they're actually, um, they're actually sounding a little bit popish and telling local pastors how to pastor their flock and teach. Um, I'm seeing that a lot. Um, just Christian reforms, you know, reformed or, or, you know, professed reformed Christian men who, who feel like they have the, the right to, to advise local pastors. Um, I, I don't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, our, our right doesn't extend beyond what we see in scripture, you know? Um, yes. And we definitely see a lot of that with the parachurch. I, I, I don't necessarily mind parachurch ministries um, on face value, but, I don't think any parachurch ministry should be operating independent of a local church. And I think the elders of the local church should have the right to shut that ministry down. And yep. if it's not situated that way, then we can do without it. That's a, a major concern of mine. I, I just, we're becoming less and less local church centered and, and, and because of the influence of social media, I think, we, we tend to, to turn away from our own shepherd, the pastor that God has put over us. And we start, we start listening to, to other people, shepherds or people who are not shepherds at all. Um, and they become our de facto shepherd. And, and it's almost, it, it, it's almost like when a man is, is exposed to pornography and he sees these other women that are beautiful and he begins to, to lust after those other women, um, his wife can't compete with that, but that's the wife that God has given you. And sometimes we can, we can fall into that same trap with, with other pastors. And, and we, we see other pastors' fruitful ministry, and we start to wish, oh, I wish my pastor was like that. I wish my pastor was as dynamic as that person or as fruitful as that, as that man or, or could exposit scripture that well when that's not the pastor that God has sovereignly ordained for you um, to be under and that you are accountable to. Um, so that's, that's one of my major concerns right now. What, as you think about Christianity, evangelicalism, 2022, um, just where we are as a, in a, as a whole, um, you want to say the, the visible church, um, what encourages you about the state of evangelicalism, if anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think my encouragement would actually go to the invisible side. Um, if we were to use that terminology, well, what do I mean by that? It, you know, God's true church, um, is not hurting. It's not suffering. It's not diminishing. It's not fading away. It's faithful. And uh, that's always been the case. That will always be the case. And so I, I think uh, one of the things that is encouraging for me to remember when I think about, um, you know, this kind of worldly so-called Christianity is that 
the visible church is comprised of both the wheat and the tares, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, if we focus too much on the tares, we lose sight of the wheat and, uh, and, and we shouldn't do that. So I think that's what encourages me um, is that uh, you, you go to Ephesians, you know, chapter four, I'm, I'm preaching through that right now and four through six. And it talks about the fact that there's one body and there's one Christ, you know, one Lord, one God, one spirit. Um, and there's a unity in, in the true body of Christ, which uh, is, is a unity of the Holy Spirit and the world can't touch that. And so that's encouraging. Um, and so I, I just have to remind myself, look, we, we persevere in faithfulness and uh, we're looking to shepherd uh, the sheep, not the goats. And uh, for other believers, you know, our role is to encourage one another and uh, maybe not get discouraged by all the tears that we see coming in. Mm. Look, I think eventually in the West, um, saying you're a Christian will become uh, more costly. And then I think we'll see people dropping out of the church who were never a part of the church. Um, That always happens with persecution, right? And uh, I, I don't know how long that will take, but I think in mine and your lifetime, we will see people shying away from wanting to even say they're Christian if they're not. You know, right now, everyone kind of wants their own brand of Christian. So you have, you know, gay Christianity, so-called, and feminist Christianity, so-called, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but God's true church is alive and well and thriving, and that's his bride. And that's encouraging. It is. And, you know, our, our church here in Princeton I can tell you that we have not grown necessarily numerically, but even within the last two years, we've grown with such great depth because we've just learned the value of the gathering um, together. And there were those who left and we've never seen again and we're brokenhearted and grieved over that. But those that, that stayed and those that were taught and weren't, you know, weren't afraid of, of you know government crackdowns or we're willing to take it if if that were the case um we've we've seen those people grow in maturity like crazy and j- i'll i'll say one thing that that has i'm truly encouraged by is i've met men like you and i have spoken to you know men like you and Eki and and others whether at the shepherds conference or in, in other um, opportunities like that or on social media too who are standing firm and who, um, who see church as essential, who I know that I can strive side by side for the faith of the gospel with, and who are truly my brothers. And so, um, Nathaniel, it's been a joy um, just talking with you. I know you have a class coming up um, and hearing your heart and learning from you. And um, thank you for, for joining this, this simple little podcast um, I, I pray that, that those who listen will be blessed. I have one last question for you, brother. I want to hear your top three Theo bros of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you, you know, I told you initially that, uh, that that's sort of like uh, making a parent choose which kid they love the most. Okay. Um, right now, but- I love Hudson the most because he brought me some candy from Awana tonight. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm recalling. Um, I, I don't know if it was uh, Sinclair Ferguson or, or or who said that the answer to that question sort of depends on what's going on in your house at the moment. But <laughs> yeah. um, 
but it, you know, I, I have to say, Eki is number one for me. All and, right. um, and, and, and the reason is we do a podcast together. And so I get to speak with him and talk to him on a weekly basis. And to, for, for a pastor to have another pastor, just to talk with like that, um, has been just really life giving for me. Um, Lots of people would be runners up in two and three. And so maybe I'll just leave those out there. <laughs> but I, I have to say, uh, Justin, I really, I, I love your stuff. I'm humbled that you would uh, invite me to come on your podcast. It, it was, well, you'll have to come to Alaska sometime and uh, we, we need to get some more time together. I, you're, you're one of these guys who, I, I'll say this, um, I I can say something that's biblical and you can say the same thing that's biblical. And when I say it, it sort of sounds like drop dead. And when you say it, everyone's <laughs> like, wow, that's so amazing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. I'll pay you for that comment later. Uh, we did discuss that. I, yes. <laughs> I say about 30, 40 bucks. Uh, well, thanks. Um, no, I'm, I've been tweeting for a long time, man. Um, and so I've been on these Twitter streets. No, Nathaniel, you, you knock it out of the park. You encourage me every day with your tweets. And um, it's, it's been, a, it's just been, but most importantly, just getting to know you a little bit has, has been such an encouragement to me, your commitment to godliness, holiness to his word. Um, yeah, you're, you're on my, you're on my list, buddy. You're in my top three. Don't worry. Praise God for that. <laughs>